that period of time between pre-stay and stay is the perfect time to build relationships too, right? So if you want a guest to walk through your door and feel like they're already a part of you, to come in and feel like they're welcome, build that relationship in the pre-experience because when they come, that transition's so smooth. You're taking them from their own world into your world, but you've already had that flirting in between, so to speak, right? You've had that flirting period where you're having that back in two. So they come to you ready and excited for that experience. Welcome to the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Turk. Join me as we dive into the personal stories of some of the world's best hospitality professionals. We follow the journey of their ups, downs, and wild turns to find out what it truly takes to make it in the amazing world of hospitality. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners at Real Time Reservation. Their inventory management system is best in class for hotels and resorts to manage their non-room inventory. The web-based application allows for creative upselling of overnight and daytime visitors with add-ons and pre-planned packages. Hotel guests and non-guests can reserve cabanas, pool chairs, activities, amenities, excursions, events, day passes, and much more. The real-time reservation platform offers a fully integrated pre-arrival portal where guests are verified through the property management system. Guests can prepay for cabanas and activities through credit card integrations, which are then processed through point of sale. All of our listeners that might be interested in using real-time reservation are welcome to explore the demo at realtimereservation.com. Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. Welcome to another edition of the Hospitality Mentor. Today, I'm personally very excited to speak with Victoria Taylor, uh, an experienced consultant. And selfishly, I wanted her on because I've been following her along on LinkedIn and just has some of the coolest ideas. Uh, So Victoria, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Steve. And, And likewise, I always love seeing your content on LinkedIn. So thank you for having me. And I appreciate you taking the time in Nottingham, England right now. So I appreciate you joining us here in Miami, Florida. It's nice to connect with people from all over the globe. Uh, so the first question we ask everybody, what was your first job in this beautiful industry of hospitality? Yeah, so I've, I've done quite a few different roles in hospitality, but my first one was as a, a waitress. So I, I worked for, um, I've worked for a number of different companies as a waitress, um, but there was a, a hotel not far from where my mum and dad live. It was called the Grosvenor Pulford. I started waiting on there. They had two beautiful restaurants, one in the front of the hotel and the one in the back was like this cool Mediterranean kind of tapestry style restaurant. I loved mm-hmm. it. And then I kind of progressed and ended up working behind the bar there as well. And it was kind of one of those jobs that, you know, you pick up when you're in college and university and you kind of go back in between seasons. So it was really nice because you were always going back to see your friends. And the nature of hospitality is that it's just so friendly, isn't it? So I, I loved it. And so was it a big place that you started in? Or was it a small place? What was the yeah. vibe like there? It, yeah, I, I guess um, you call it, it was slightly bigger than boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. They, so the company, they had this hotel and then they had a couple of restaurants but I I worked in the hotel so um yeah it was beautiful beautiful place and a you know a nice I guess like quite a nice sized establishment to work in because I know we're going to get to the other the other parts later but now I work for different sizes of businesses so it was kind of a good 
like a good starting point for me. I love it. So when you were, I want to go back to your first shift at the bar. See, I bartended and I was not very good. Uh, what was your first shift like behind that bar? Do you remember it? I was terrible. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was so bad. I didn't know how to pull a pint. And I tell yeah. you, half, half of that glass of, of beer was was head on the pint. It really was. <laughs> it was. It took me ages to master pulling a pint. But yeah, no, do you know what? I enjoyed it. We had great locals at the bar that became friends because they do, don't they? They become friends. The, the people that come to the bar it was sort of every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people were always great. But yeah, there was there was definitely a bit of stumbling around on my part for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and what and what is it like there? Because it's a you know hotel sounds like lo- a lot of locals there. What yeah. is the culture there of bar and kind of dining that you see what from your end when you were in so you mean the the bar where I was yeah yeah like the culture was it like a family friendly place were people there all the time do you know what it was it was quite a mix because of where it was on the road so it like it was on a road that went into a major city in in Mm -hmm. a a city called Chester so it was like you get a mix you get business travelers you get families you get locals from the areas that came to drink so it was in a place called Pulford. So you had all these like little surrounding villages. So you'd get the locals that would come on their bar crawls. Yeah. And then you'd have business professionals there. There'd be families. There'd be quite a lot of celebrations as well. So there was there was a real mix. That's awesome. So now you start transitioning, right? You get out of the restaurant scene. Yeah. How do you end up in your, we say your first role that you publicly talk about, your travel consultant role? How did you get into that area? Yeah, so my very first job when I left university was as a travel consultant with um, a company called The Cooperative Travel. I'd always had an interest in travel, in hospitality. Um, In university, I wrote my dissertation on travel. It was all about influence and celebrity and how celebrity influences our travel choices. Back then, very different when social media wasn't as prominent as it is now. Right. Um, it was all about the role of celebrity and how that played a role in status acquisition. Um, so that was kind of my that was my area on my dissertation. I was, you know, I, I studied consumer culture and media. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where my interest started. And then I started looking for jobs in travel and I worked at the co-op and I really enjoyed it because I got to go to different places around the world on educationals. I got to come back and educate the teams at the co-op, which was really, really nice. I tended to put bespoke packages together. So although we worked on the, you know, the regular packages that were already packaged together, it was great. because I got to work with people that had quite unusual requests. And I always remember this guy coming in and wanting to base his trip around a flight rather than a destination. So it's funny. Yeah, it was cool. And it, it, that was the point where I, I think that actually probably was the first point where I thought, this is so much more than just a break. This this is like a passion to so many people. And he was so interested. It was when the um, Airbus A380 launched. So he was just, everything was about this, this plane. It was like, where can we go to? Um, and yeah, it, it was all based around that. And I just really enjoyed getting to know people. I remember this amazing couple, Mr. and Mrs. Formstone, and they were like frequent world cruisers. So they go all around the world on these cruises. And they used to bring me back gifts from every port that they went to because it was just such a lovely relationship. And every year they'd come to me to book their travel, to book their cruises. Um, and sadly, he passed away probably a few years into, into knowing them. And mm-hmm. she still traveled. So it wasn't just about the trips. You, you really got to know the people, which is hospitality at heart, isn't it? So Yeah. And, we're, and, and just from my own knowledge, like- do you still see a, a value, a true value in that travel planner, right? Because now everyone can kind of book their own things and do their own things. Like, what, what do you see is that right now? 
Yeah, for sure. I think that I'm particularly where we are now in the context of coming out of the pandemic, because I think people are, you know, we're definitely seeing trends across the industry where people are spending more money on travel experiences. And I think having someone in your corner and that personalized approach, yes, mm -hmm. of course we can book online. It's, it, you know, for you, for me, for, for those in the know, we, we know how to do that. But I think having someone in your corner who can really tailor those bespoke experiences and take care of your needs and look after the things that are really important to you, I, I definitely think the role is still there for sure. Yeah, I find that more and more because you don't know what's open. People are traveling. Every country is different now to get in or get out. So I haven't ever used one, but I find myself now asking my friends who are like those questions. It's like, look, we'll just take care of you. We'll take care of you as you come. So I'm happy to know that you started that way because you really are creating people's experiences, all their great memories doing that. And then sure. you transition, right? So you transition yeah. through, you do some different roles and I want to get to what you're doing now, but just take me on the journey of how you got to the role that you're in now. Yeah. So as I say, my, my degree was in media and cultural and, you know, consumption habits, really. I studied everything from, you know, how people would shop in the Victorian times to how they interact with media. We studied the department store. And actually, the department store forms a part of an analogy of how I work with clients on their entry points. So I always talk about the department store and if a door's closed, what's the point in having a door? So I use some of the analogies now from the learnings back in, in university. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I started in travel um, and then I went to work in the media. So I worked with papers, so local newspapers as a field sales rep. And then I went to a job that was significantly higher than the pay in, in the job that I was at in the media I worked there as a field sales rep for about 18 months, but that was working mainly with um, small to medium businesses. So I worked with everything from like restaurants, lawyers, um, people that worked in, in the trade. So people that were builders, excavators, everything you can, everything you can possibly imagine. And I was like, I'm not overly happy in this role. Like I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed the company, but I didn't believe in the product in the end. So it, it was like um, advertising, websites that were the like the the product of the company so they weren't like the websites that you and I know now um they were just very basic websites that weren't really built for SEO um so that's that's kind of where I was there and then I, I knew I wanted to start my own thing they got me to develop a graduate channel bringing in like new graduates helped to set that up within the company but then I thought I'd not really had experience with larger brands it was like smaller to medium businesses so then a job came up with a company called Venture Photography in the UK. And that was all about like photography studios that connected with different partners. Mm -hmm. So I went in there as their corporate partnerships manager for the entire UK. And I started working with brands like Aston Martin, supermarkets, football stadiums, everything you can possibly imagine. All these different partners that we were partnering with studios on their corporate gift offerings. And that really gave me kind of an innings to a lot of luxury brands that right. I developed relationships with, which was fantastic. Um, obviously, my travel experience helped me to develop relationships with like brands within those sectors. And now I work in travel and luxury together. So it, it's kind of a culmination, I guess, of all that experience. Yeah, it's amazing how the journey kind of brings your two, right, your two loves together, right, of travel yeah. and yeah. Uh, these luxury experiences and creating yeah. memories. So yeah. now tell me a little bit about what you do, like day to day. I say, I'm calling Victoria. Why am I calling you? What's, what would what my company, how could you help me? Well, you're calling me hopefully because you like what you've seen online already. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, you, so I work with clients in a couple of different ways. Um, they pay me for my ideas, my development, 
on project management um, to help train their teams um, for differentiated ideas. If I, if I was to say like the, the most sought after service, I guess, is, is coming in and designing unique experiences. So that could be service delivery. That could be a specific experience. It could be partnering brands together to create experiences. And those are actually becoming way more frequent, I think. So mm -hmm. partnering experiences because you've got this beautiful collaboration of two entirely different businesses, very often with similar audiences, but they, they complement each other so beautifully. So yeah, I, I'm brought on as a consultant, um, similar to yourself, I believe. Um, yeah. And I help them to design show-stopping and unique experiences at multiple levels. And I say this as well, I think experience is the greatest leveler for everyone because everybody can be great at experience, right? It doesn't matter whether you are a, a world leader in your market or whether you're a boutique artisan business. So I work at multiple levels. Um, and yeah, that's it in a nutshell, really. No, I love it. You know, it, it's funny because you came onto my radar as I was starting to do experiences at the hotel I was working at last. Yeah. And the Lowe's Hotel, you know, it's an 800-room property on South Beach. And there was just this time during the holidays, there was an area of the hotel that people didn't like to sit in. And yeah. we were just kind of brainstorming. We were like, look, we got, let's get Vubclico. We'll bring them in. Yeah. But we also, I also happened to start running the retail. So I was like, oh, we could bring in Tom Ford and we could bring in another partner and a jewelry partner. And all of a sudden we had this little village with champagne and yeah. people taking photos and buying things. And it was just cool to see. That was like the first time I realized like you can create this whole experience with all these different products. Sure. And it got into multiple magazines and it was like amazing to see like in Rolling Stone and the, and the New York Times yeah. and all these cool places just from a little idea of combining, like you said, the right people the so, yeah right so when you're doing it where where were some of your favorite ones maybe some examples that you can share with the listeners of yeah do you know what? Probably, i mean i've worked with some incredible brands you know i've worked with global leaders in the market but one of my favorites was actually a real local establishment to here called colic hall mm -hmm. and it was just such a wonderful wonderful place i got on so well with all of the team and it was the time pre-pandemic obviously right. where harry potter was rife in the media it was unbelievable like unbelievably rife so we started off with an afternoon tea concept mm -hmm. all around design in the afternoon tea um it, it was beautiful we created beautiful stories around it we built this amazing community around it and then we decided that we were going to create a halloween extravaganza where basically we would recreate recreate hogwarts we had owls flying up and down the hall we partnered with a local brand called The Gincident, who are actually two friends of mine. They've got a gym bar in, in Nottingham in the city. And we brought them along to do a gym potions class. So when everyone arrived, they were, you know, making these gym potions. And it just went crazy. It went in the media all over the world. It was in Lab Bible. It was in Cosmopolitan. It was all over the press. We had people awesome. flying. We had people flying in from all over the world to this local hotel because of the unique experience that we created. So... I think why I probably fondly recall that one is because it, it was local and it showed what was possible with local on a global level. You know, we have people traveling in from Canada, from Ireland, from Spain to come to this experience and it, it just went crazy. And then after that, there was like a follow-up to it and it was like, well, what are we going to do for Christmas? Yeah, how you and top it? it? Yeah, what are we going to do for Christmas? So we decided, I said, well, let's not think about the product. Let's think about the feeling, right? Let's think about the feeling of Christmas. And what is Christmas all about? And we're like, well, family and the people that you love and the people that are dear to you. And 
I'd seen this, I think it was a documentary from a, a couple of years before where it was all about the old and the young and bringing the old and the young together to create this beautiful, what could one learn from the other? And I said, and why don't we try and do something with local communities and see how we can understand what Christmas means to the young and to the old? So we put out this call to the local schools and we said, Taggers, if you've got a school choir, right? We did that on social media. We were like, Taggers, if you've got a choir. And all of a sudden, we were getting these hundreds of tags from all of these schools that were coming to us saying, We've got a choir. We've got a choir. We're like, We want you to audition. And we weren't really sure what the concept was going to be at this point. We're like, Yeah, we to audition because we're going to create this experience. And then we contacted the local nursing home and we said to them, We're creating something called the Colic Christmas Choir. And we would really like your residents to be the judges of this competition. So it was all about bringing the old and the young together. So we've got all these choirs that came and auditioned, this incredible nursing home full of these amazing, amazing residents with this really cheeky chappy who was almost like the head honcho at the nursing home. Right. There's a guy called Charles Dickens, which is how really? at how at <laughs> Charles Dickens, he was amazing. And it was like, they just had this spirit. So this nursing home, they did salsa classes and they did singing classes and they went on all these excursions. They were just these amazing, vibrant, vibrant people. And we took the youngsters into the nursing home and we interviewed them both. And it was like magical because they were teaching each other about the spirit of Christmas and what it meant to them. And we videoed it. We had a TV crew. It ended up on local TV. They then ended up on a Channel 4 documentary in the UK. So there was this just beautiful, beautiful journey of this talent show that then ended up with this beautiful Christmas ice cream afternoon tea within the property. And, you know, as people followed along the journey, they weren't bothered about the product that Colic Hall was promoting to them. But what they were bothered about was this journey and they were encapsulated in the magic. And, you know, funnily enough, they had a really, really busy Christmas season because everybody was brought into the story. So yeah, I love that. It's amazing. Just as an idea, just a spark of idea. Like, I'm not sure what we're going to do, but we're going to do something. We're going to start. And that's it. And sometimes these things grow arms and legs and fingers and toes. And like I said, that's a really local level, but it's one that right. I think recall because we created impact. I love, I love that story. And especially Thank the two you. of them, they're great. So let's say you're going into a new place. Yeah. You know, XYZ hotel. They're just not having a great guest experience what's your process? Like, how do you start? Is it something where you sit in the space and just kind of watch, right? Like that's why I find myself now. I'm just trying to figure out how do you start? Like, all right, I'm going to improve this whole yeah. experience for a guest. What do you do? What's your process? I mean, it's different every time. It depends on what I'm working on. It could be a mm -hmm. service problem. Um, it could be that they're wanting to generate a new idea. So that's really dependent upon whatever they're looking for. But I would always start with like the pre-experience. That would be like a, a starting point for me because I think very often we think of experiences being at venue when actually, in fact, the experience is way before that. So experience, it's true. Experience to me starts when somebody says, I want to go somewhere. That's when the experience starts for them. So I think very often we think about experience from a hotel or a rental or whoever it is we did it from their perspective when actually we need to be tapping into when does that experience start for the customer and when they do, how are we connecting with them? So digitally, you know, what, what are we doing digitally? How are we telling our stories? How are we connecting with them? What meaningful experiences are we creating for them digitally? And, and how do we connect authentically? So I'd always start there with the pre-experience. And then at that beautiful stage between booking and stay, 
how often do you book a stay and then nothing happens? You get the yeah. book, you get the booking confirmation and then tumbleweed until you stay, right? And then that's the time, the period of time where we can build anticipation and excitement. Or it's also the time where sometimes you get buyer's remorse as well. So people make a purchase and then they might like, oh, do I want this experience? So it's a perfect time for hotels to really tap into that. Well, what can we do in that period of time? So I've worked with pre-experience design. And then it really is. It's just the process. Let, let's stay on that one. So who, yeah. who do you think is doing that well? Have you seen anyone doing it well? Because I agree with you, right? Like I'm going on a trip next yeah. week. And I just, it hit me as you're saying it. Like I haven't yeah. received any like, Thing to get me excited or like hey try this when you get here or i mean come on like you know, Dis buy this right disney are the ultimate well disney have, have always been an ultimate for me That's you true. get your you, you used to I don't, I don't think it's the same now but you used to get your magic band through the post you mm -hmm. get your disc through the post that would welcome you to the resort and you know i, I think mm -hmm. disney have a wonderful way of sprinkling magic you get your little memory maker stick um so i think they do it particularly well um something that was brought to my attention actually probably i don't know maybe six or seven weeks ago by a guy called ramsey wood and very intelligent like intelligent and talented experiential artist in the uk he was talking to me about tomorrowland and the beautiful beautiful boxes that people get through the post once they've booked a ticket to tomorrowland so it's this like beautiful different every time like a chest with you get your wristband and Tomorrowland has its own currency so it talks about that and there's all these scripts and scrolls and it's just really tangible right and yes I just think that the, the possibilities are limitless I've worked on it I can't talk about some of the ones that I've worked on because you know what it's like under NDA with some of them yep. but mm -hmm. there are some beautiful processes um and things that you can create I'm gonna start looking again at all the Disney stuff because there's so many hotels that just need to follow up on it, right? You just build that excitement that you're going somewhere cool and something fun's about to happen. Yeah, because like the anticipatory experience is almost as exciting as sometimes more exciting than being there because it's, you know what it's like when you're excited about something, you're like, I'm not there yet, but it's that wonder and that what's it going to be like, mm -hmm. which is almost more powerful than the when you're actually there in some respects because it's that, that nervous excitement. And sometimes when you arrive at a place, I've certainly found this, it's not always as, as good as the the feeling of what it might be. That's true. Now, how do you continue that? That's what I wonder, right? Is how do you continue that excitement? Because we all have it, like getting on this plane or I'm getting on this cruise, I'm pumped up to go. And then you exemplary. get there. How, do you, how yeah. do you keep it going? Exemplary service delivery you know i think i think as well what you know any hotels or rentals listening to this you know that period of time between pre-stay and stay is the perfect time to build relationships too right so if you want a guest to walk through your door and feel like they're already a part of you to come in and feel like they're welcome build that relationship in the pre-experience because when they come that transition's so smooth you're taking them from their own world into your world but you've already had that flirting in between so to speak right you've had yeah. that flirting period where you're having that back in two so they come to you ready and excited for that experience but how many hotels don't do it you know this yeah so it's many a, so many you know i would say you know they say they do but it's an automated message right and it's just yeah. like hey you know get ready for your stay but for sure. not asking for anything that you need 
I agree with you. I like that. I like the flirting part. That's what it feels like, right? Like when you're booking a place or going somewhere, I haven't heard that before. I'm going to be stealing that from you. You can steal it. It's fine. It's all good. I'm not precious. (laughs) (laughs) So look, I'm a big believer. I've been saying this more and more as I've been interviewed is the companies that have can create the best experience now for their guests or customers are going to be the winners now because everybody wants that. So what are you telling your clients about this? How, How are you conveying that message? For sure. Look, we are increasingly living in an experience-driven, experience-led world. And I think, you know, when when something is lacking, which we have been lacking for the last two years, pandemic, mm-hmm. we've been lacking experiences. We've been lacking that feeling of that physical experience. When something is lacking, you crave it more, right? You absolutely do because you're not right. allowed it. It's like showing a child a sweet and then going, yeah, but you can't have it, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're in this place now where people are going wild. And I think we're going to continue to see that, you know, spenders up on experiences. People are trying to outdo each other with experiences. It's not just in hospitality. You know, we're seeing it in retail. We're seeing some of the, the biggest major luxury brands creating installations and pop-ups and experiences to capture that attention to go, hey, Mr. Customer, who hasn't had an experience like this for two years, come to us. <laughs> we want you attention right so if, if you're not in that if you're not in the experience game I honestly believe it's going to be a race to the bottom um, I, and I really do I don't actually think that price is coming into it like it was before I think people are craving great experiences and they'll pay the premium to get them I agree with you there's I just know my market very well and there's hotels yeah. where they're charging for the worst room five thousand dollars a night <laughs> crazy crazy and they're doing it the funny part, the reason they're doing some of these things is because they don't have the staff to staff the hotel. So they're like, we're just going to raise the rates really high Amazing. and put, hopefully the brakes get put on. And then what happens is guests are booking at these crazy rates and getting there. Yeah. And there's some hotels doing an awesome job of that experience once you get there. And then others, they're just like, you know, they're bummed out that they came. And I think as well, you know, like as particularly through the pandemic, I mean, I don't know about you, but we've had a very close eye on how people have behaved mm-hmm. during the pandemic, you know. I've watched the companies that have treated their employees well and the companies that have treated their employees terribly Mm -hmm. and then the ones in between. And I think as consumers, because everybody's been online more, the world has become way more accessible to us. And I know it was accessible before, but that has been a real sole focus for a lot of people. They've gone, who are the brands that are treating people well? Who are the people that are living by their values and doing good things and upholding the things that we believe in? So I think the consumer has become way more savvy, vigilant, aware of what they want, what aligns with them. And we've become more picky. I know mm-hmm. I have. I'm, I'm happy to spend my money. I'm happy to throw my money on experiences that make me feel great. But if I'm going to pay $5,000 a night. But you better deliver me a good experience. <laughs> yeah, that's got to yeah. be the best. Or feel my wrath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, it's, it's true. And I get, I wonder, cause I talk to my friends that are in these places like Steve, it's crazy. We, you know, we can't even keep up and the, the, they're expecting so much, you know? So it's this interesting balance of where this will all shake out at the end of the year. But also you mentioned something that kind of stuck with me is that the companies and what they stand for and the, what they feel like. So I work a lot now too, with like wine and champagne and liquor brands. And, you know, there's one that sticks out in my head. It was like a startup, but they had built this Instagram page that made it feel like a polo ralph loren commercial and they sponsored a polo team and i was like i get pitched thousands of brands a year and yours stands out right and so for me i thought that was cool what 
what tips can you give maybe that kind of industry or, you know, industries that are food, beverage, like how can they make their company stand out? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think providing those unique experiences is absolutely critical because, you know, ultimately we're not just competing for attention against other people within our industry. In fact, I don't, I don't believe in competition at all. I think if you're trying to be the best at something, it's not really measurable and it's probably not a very good goal to have because universal standards of the best are different. So what you might see as the best or what I might see as the best are going to be very different based on our own life experiences, right? Right. Trying to be the best in hospitality or the best at a product is not necessarily a, a good variable, I don't think, but being different and being unique and creating something with a different angle. Do you know what? If I was a champagne company now trying mm -hmm. to launch a new bottle of champagne, a new brand of champagne, a new different type of serving champagne, I'd look at what every other champagne brand is doing and going, what can we do that's completely different? Because how often do we scroll, scroll, scroll and see the same images, the same videos, the same content? It's creating something unique. It's looking at different qualities. And I think collaborations are actually a really good way to do that. You know, partnering, I think partnering with different brands to launch something is a great way to deliver unique. And I think the brands that are smart will look at collaborations. And I'll tell you why, because if you meet someone for the first time or you're going into a relationship, right? If someone's good looking, that's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if someone's good looking and they've got a unique sense of humor, that's even better, right? So there's two qualities there that create something more unique. If someone's good looking, they've got a unique sense of humor, and then they're also really talent, a talented artist or a musician or whatever it is. There's, then there's, there's three different unique things that make that person more unique than just the good looking thing, right? So it's the same to brands. It's like creating a character. It's like creating yeah. a human that no one else can compete with, right? It's creating all of those qualities that define unique. Is there a certain process to that? No, but that's what you go through discovery for. I love it. And I think you've hit a lot of interesting points, right? So now I see, you know, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the NFT world. Everyone's coming out with NFTs and associating with products and doing these things. And I'm excited about it. I feel like a lot of them might crash and burn, but <laughs> you know, I think it could be used really creative. How are you seeing that? Are you familiar in that space? Have you been watching it? So I have a, a big love with tech. Um, I have a, an ex-partner who was tech, tech mad. So I have spent a lot of time in VR headsets, um, traveling the world, doing, I've had some great VR, you know, experiences at The Void and in Dubai and, and all over the shop. And, I, you know, I've got a very keen interest in technology. Um, I think NFTs provide a fantastic opportunity. However, what I think we've got at the moment is a lot of shiny object syndrome going on, right? So something comes out and everybody wants to do it, right? So everyone wants to create an NFT. There's not necessarily the purpose behind it. Right. I think people that create NFTs where there is meaning and there's purpose and it connects and there's a good reason for it. Yeah, I, th I think they're going to do really, really well. Do I know enough about it yet? No, I think we're all learning. Um, I think we're obviously, you know, we're seeing NFT experts. I mean, how can anybody be an expert within a year or two? I, I, I don't yeah. know. I think we're all learning together right now. And um, I think some people know a lot more than others. And I think it's a very, very interesting space, but it fascinates me. And I think it could be a great way to 
provide loyalty schemes within hospitality, for sure. I think there could be some interesting loyalty, I don't know, schemes, clubs, access to different levels of membership within hospitality environments. I think yeah. that could be a really good use case of it. Um, but yeah, I guess we're all learning. Um, I think we, what we're doing at the moment is seeing a lot of NFT for the sake of NFT. Um, so I, I've kind of got an eye on it to go, right, who's doing it in a unique way? Because that's, you know, what, what I'm interested in. But I think we're too early to be able to tell what's what's going to be successful. Yeah, I, I was at a conference here. So we have Art Basel here uh, every year. And there was an NFT conference, the yeah. first one. And yeah. the guy got on stage and he said, if anyone tells you today that they're an expert, walk away from them because they are not. <laughs> so, sure. uh, anybody be? Yeah. And so that anybody? was interesting that you mentioned the same thing. And so... I think we're all learning. We're all watching. But, sure. um, but I'm excited to see where it goes because like you said, there's going to be some cool memberships. There's going to be some cool communities yeah. built around it. And I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, we talked about you starting as a waiter, bartender in a local hotel. You know, going back to you all those years ago, what would you say to yourself as advice to say, look, this is what, here's the advice I'm giving you in this industry, keep an eye on these things. Cause really it's uh, what I want you to portray is as people come up now, yeah. what would you be telling yourself? Because there's it's such a hard time now and yeah. business and in hospitality and, and all this world creating experiences. What advice would you give to yourself back then? Know what you know and know what you don't know and work with the people who know what you don't know. Um, cl collaboration, because I really think that we are in a time now where collaborations and different perspectives are what changes the world, right? And I think when you start out, you you know, you're conditioned in the education system that it's grades, it's achievements, it's you, you get your A-levels, you get your GCSEs, you get your degree. It's all about fighting for yourself, I think. I think the education system makes you really want to fight to be that. So you go into the workplace in that mindset but then when you unlearn that and you kind of go, this isn't all about yourself. This is about every day is a learning opportunity and every person has something to teach you. And actually collaborating with people teaches you far more than you can ever do alone. I think that's what schools need to teach people now, that actually we're in a collaborative world. And I think that's how industries will thrive by collaborating with people together. So I tell myself, don't listen to the education system and, and learn from everybody around you. I love that, right? It's, uh, I think, go back to school and all the team projects, you know, you really just kind of thrown together, like figure it out, <laughs> you know, teach collaboration a little bit more, I think would be beneficial to everyone in the corporate world where they're not trying to take each other out sometimes, it seems sure. like. So yeah. what I want to do is I want to end, if you were talking to all the hotels and all the shops out there, they don't have access to Victoria, right? Yeah. But what would you tell them about just thinking about their experience overall? Like, why is it so important for these people to get it right? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, you can look at all the metrics, all of the numbers, all of the figures, every marketing plan, every everything, but you have to put people at the center of it all because without people, you have no business. So you can look at all the automation systems and processes and everything in the world. But what I would say is bring it back to the person and start there and build everything out from there because ultimately humans relate to humans and it doesn't matter whether you are Marriott or whether you are Six Senses or whether you are the boutique business in the Cotswolds in the UK, people relate to people. So I, I would always say put the, put the human at the center of decision-making and, and go from there. Yeah, I love that. Well, Victoria, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Where can we send them? 
Yeah, so probably the best place is on LinkedIn, actually, because that's where I kind of share more daily stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But you can get me on my website, direct message through through LinkedIn networks. Um, yeah, that's that's it, really. I'm everywhere at Victoria Tell UK. Yeah, and I'll tell you all, make sure you follow Victoria. I'm learning a ton. She posts great stuff. Thank you. Multiple times a week where I'm like, wow, I love that. And I want to try that here uh, with my clients too. So I appreciate you sharing all the info and putting it out. I can see that you put it out with heart and Thank that you. you really mean it. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful to have you on today. And for everyone, make sure go follow Victoria. Victoria, thank you once again for joining us. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Steve. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.